You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. Now, this afternoon, we're chatting with Rachel Ip, who's one of the authors involved in this year's Young Readers Festival, which runs between now all the way through to the 30th of April. And I'm really happy that Rachel joins us live this afternoon to talk about her work and also how to foster better reading habits among children. Uh, Rachel is also a board member of Bring Me a Book Hong Kong, which is a leading family literacy charity. Welcome to the program, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm just trying to adjust so that I can see. We are live this afternoon on Facebook, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Rachel uh, this afternoon. Um, I'm trying to readjust everything because, as you know, yesterday was the very first day um, I've come back to Kowloon Tong. So just getting used to the new studio and the new setup. What do you think of the new studio, Rachel? Well, I suppose it's n- new, um, new to us. What, what do you think of being here? It's great. Yes, the last time I came to visit you I think was in 2019 with a former um, festival speaker That's Wendy right. Chang so it's lovely to be back in the studio. And it's lovely to be able to interview you as well because I know you've been involved in various capacities with the festival bringing yes. the authors so it's yeah. nice to be able to, to chat with you this time. So um, perhaps let's talk a little bit more about your work. I know you've brought two books with you uh, this afternoon The Last Garden and also The Forgettery. Uh, perhaps let's start with The Last Garden. Tell us a little bit more about it and for our listeners Uh, Do join us on Facebook if you can, because uh, Rachel has brought her book and she's going to hold it up for us. Um, The Last Garden. Tell us about it, Rachel. What is it about? So The Last Garden is illustrated by Annalee Bray and published by Hodder Children's Books. And it follows the story of a little girl who tends the last garden in a war-torn city. As the city breaks, everyone's forced to leave and the little girl must leave her beautiful garden behind. And the story is really about what happens when the garden is left alone and how its seeds scatter through the city and the city blossoms back to life again. It's quite a hopeful book then. Uh, you talk, it deals with the theme of hope. What, why was that important for you? In my research for the story, I found lots of real examples of gardens created in wartime. So in these incredibly difficult circumstances, people create gardens, and that really fascinated me. And when I started to do more research, I found examples of these wonderful gardens all over the world and throughout history. Um, I read lots of articles about gardens in Syria at the height of the bombing there, and people were growing food in their own gardens to provide food security and I think also as a source of refuge and solace in such challenging times and um, I even found examples of these gardens here in Hong Kong so in World in War Hong II Kong. yes yeah it's really amazing so in World War II in Hong Kong in um, Stanley Prison there were internees in the prison camp who smuggled seeds from their food rations up to the roof of Stanley Prison and they grew food to supplement their food rations as well. So they were growing onions and other vegetables to supplement the rations they were getting within the prison. Really quite fascinating. That's really fascinating. So what probed your interest in this area and why did you decide to write a book about this? I think it's just very inspiring to read about these gardens created in such adverse conditions. And I think it's a really interesting way to open up discussions around conflict and associated issues such as migration. And I think these are themes that are really important to explore with young readers. Yeah. What do you think children's understanding of these concepts are? I mean, when, when I look at children, I think they're quite hopeful um, people. Children, you know, they always find a, a sense of joy, even in the darkest times. I think so. And I think that children are really smart. I think that we can explore really challenging topics with them. And I think actually the picture book formats are really 
interesting way to do that because often they're read with an adult as well so you have somebody there to bridge those conversations and open up discussions around what can be at times very difficult topics. What was that collaboration like with your illustrator Annalie? Did you provide her with a text or did you sit down to sort of talk about how uh, the book would look like? What was that collaboration process like for you? It's a really interesting question because I think in traditional publishing they try to keep the authors and the illustrators quite separate. That's right. So I met Annalie at the outset of the project. Oh, you met her actually. I did meet her face to face when I was back in the UK and we had a, a chat about the book and, and the concept but after that Annalie created all of the illustrations in liaison with the art director and the publisher and I didn't really see those until the sketches were a bit more developed. But what I love about the illustrations for both books but with The Last Garden there's just many more layers added through the illustration to the story so it's um, there's a really nice gap between what's told in the words of the story and then what's told through the illustrations which I think is really helpful for visual literacy for children as well. Yeah it's not an easy subject to write about you know about conflict and about hope how did you sort of um, dilute or how did you sort of make it accessible for children and to write it in a way that they'd understand it? How many drafts did you have to go through? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of different drafts. And I think it was important to connect it to real stories. So I think what's interesting is lots of research and reading around the subject before I started writing and not all of that makes it into the story by any means but having that connection to authentic stories and to the way in which these gardens develop and provide support to the communities or individuals that create them is really important. It's not always easy to sort of stay hopeful when you're reading these stories of conflict. Um, how did you find that sort of balance? That's a really good question and I think um, it's one of the reasons why the story ends on a hopeful note and we see the garden thriving and the city coming back to life and of course in reality there are many more stories which don't end as happily as that so I think picture books like this can be a springboard into bigger discussions where you can share all sorts of stories around refugees and migration and the the complex nature of those journeys. Yeah, and those are some very important questions. I'm sure some of the parents or educators listening to this are discussions that children will be curious about. Um, so tell us about your second book, The Forgettery. I know you also have it uh, with you this afternoon. Uh, if you can hold it up for our Facebook viewers, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, Rachel Epp joins us this afternoon there. So if you can, join us there on Facebook. It's beautiful. Thank you. It's, this one is illustrated by Laura Hughes and it's published by Farshaw Books. And this book is all about making and treasuring our, our most precious memories. And it gently explores some of the issues around memory loss and dementia. But at its heart, it's a, I hope it's a really magical adventure where a grandmother and granddaughter get to explore their memories in this really magical place called the Forgettery. Yeah. What inspired you to write this book, Rachel? It's really interesting. So this one was inspired by a question asked by my daughter. She asked me, where do all the forgotten things go? And straight away I said, oh, they go to the forgettery. And I knew there and then that I had to write this story. That's a very deep question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, where do they go? And how wonderful would it be if we all had this library of forgotten memories that we could just dive into and explore? Yeah, and I'm sure some of us who maybe have grandmas or, or parents, you know, um, Alzheimer's and dementia are topics that, you know, we come across from time to time. And it's actually, I don't think I've come across any books that deal with this sort of issue. 
I think it's a really important theme to explore. There are 50 million people in the world living with dementia, with 10 million new cases every year. And now one in three young children will know somebody living with dementia. So I think it's one of those subjects where increasingly we will need to open up conversations around that. And I think think that concept of memory and forgetfulness is very relatable. Children are forgetful. They're very busy living their life. You give them something and you ask them, where did you put that? And they really won't remember. They won't remember. And adults, we're all forgetful. We're forgetting our glasses. We forget where our keys are. And I think we've all had that moment where we hear a song come on the radio and it takes us back in this rush of nostalgia 10, 20 years. It's really And you forget the name of the song. Yes, you forget the name of it. So so I wanted to explore some of those lighthearted moments. But of course, those deeper themes of um, memory loss and dementia are also really important to explore. And again, I think these picture book formats are a really friendly bridge into those discussions with an adult or parent. Yeah. Rachel, had you always been interested in writing? And what sort of made you, you know, uh, write children's book? I've always been a really avid reader and I've always written poems or had writing involved in my work life in some way or another. But I think it was only after reading hundreds of picture books to my children and some of those hundreds of times, one book over and over. So... It was only after reading all those picture books myself that I started writing my own stories. Yeah. So you have many more actually at home that, you know, haven't been published yet. I have lots of other stories that I've written, but I'd, I'd love to see some of those published as well. But we'll have to wait and see if, if any come to fruition. Yeah. How, how, uh, you mentioned just now you're an avid reader. And I think in order to be a great writer, you have to read a lot. Uh, there's no secret about that. Um, how, how were you sort of encouraged to read a lot? Uh, did you read a lot as a child already? I did. I did read a lot. And I think that's partly through reading schemes in the school. We had lots of books at home as well. And I lived, I actually grew up in a very rural area in the UK. I didn't have a library in my town or village, but we had mobile libraries. So we had these library buses that would come to the village. That's really cool. And, and I know they have them here in Hong Kong. I've seen them as well. And it's just... It and they're sh- trendy now, but I suppose... Yeah, it was very then, exciting. Yes. I found it really fascinating to climb up into this bus. And it felt so huge as a child. It was probably really tiny, but it all adds to that excitement around reading. Yeah. Um, how do you think we can encourage and foster better reading habits with children? And I say that because... Hong Kong parents are very busy and a lot of the times the the caregivers may not necessarily always be parents. It can be helpers, it may be grandparents who may not come from a generation of a lot of reading. So how can we, you know, role model and and be better readers ourselves and, and foster better reading habits? I think that's a really important question, especially here in Hong Kong. And I think in Hong Kong, children have very high literacy levels, but they have very low levels of motivation and interest to read. So... I think one thing that's really important in encouraging reading with children is to first of all have access to reading material. So I think it's about having books at home, books in the classroom, and of course we've got these wonderful libraries in Hong Kong that we can borrow all these books from as well. And research shows that the better the library, the higher the reading scores. So the importance of having high quality books in the libraries and uh, access to those books is really important. And when I talk about access to books, I mean all types of books, from picture books and comics and graphic novels through to through to novels. Exactly. I think sometimes there's a pressure parents perhaps feel a pressure to be pushing their child to the to next really hard the book. next yes. type of book. And I think actually there's a there's a sweet spot in in choice, giving the children choice to find the books that they really enjoy. And that's where you'll really ignite the love of reading if they really love and enjoy those books. And they've got plenty of time to stretch 
into the other things later. Exactly. I remember growing up, I used to love reading comics. I suppose now, you know, it's also called graphic uh, novels. But growing up, I love reading comics. But I remember um, having a family friend say, no, don't read these books. Um, read read books, bo- book books. And um, it kind of crushed me a little bit. But I'll always remember my mom sort of saying, that's okay, you're still reading. And why not read the type of things that you really enjoy? But it's true. I, I think there's that pressure to read the right type of books, read the sort mm. of genres, read books which are, like you said, the, the next level and mm. harder books. But that may not be what children, you know, that, that they read all of that for school anyway. They do. So they, reading they will for always pleasure. read that. And I think there's um, reading picture books and graphic novels is also really important for visual literacy. And I think that's something that's really, it's really important for all readers. And it's especially important with very young readers as well, that's because... Right. With there's another thing, another reason why I really love the picture books because as adults we're reading those aloud to the child, which helps then make connections between the spoken word and the written words that are on the page. Mm. But of course, they can read the pictures long before they can read the words, so it's brilliant for visual literacy and they can get a whole different layer of understanding from just reading the pictures. Yeah, Rachel, you're also a board member of Bring Me a Book Hong Kong, which is really instrumental in you know pushing literacy here in Hong Kong. Um, I, I understand you're also partnering up with the Young Readers Festival this year for the very first time. Yes, it's really exciting, and I volunteered with the festival for several years now, so it's really brilliant to now be taking part as an author and this is I think the 10th year of the festival and it's the first year that they're partnering with Bring Me a Book Hong Kong which is really wonderful because it now means that they're offering a bilingual program they're offering Chinese language um, authors and illustrators for the school visits this year which is really fantastic and it really opens up accessibility for all schools across Hong Kong. Yeah that's fantastic well hopefully more partnership to come in in, in the years to come Um, do you have any upcoming projects uh, coming up are you working on any other books at the moment? I have a few other stories that I've been working on but none have yet been signed by the publisher so it's, I, I'm waiting to hear if, if any of those will come out but at the moment I'm really enjoying the moment of, of publication so the, the Forgettery was just published last month and the Last Garden paperback edition just came out a few weeks ago so I'm really enjoying celebrating those two and very very happy to be sharing them with schools here in Hong Kong. Congratulations Rachel and where are they available? Are they available um, uh, via Amazon and via the bookshops here in Hong Kong? Yes they're available online and the Literary Festival is partnering with Bookazine who's providing books to support the festival so they're available there as well. That's so exciting. Um, you Just just now when I said upcoming projects you said you're working on a few. Do you tend to write books sort of simultaneously? Well, I mean when I've spoken to authors in the past some also focus on various books at the same time. Do you find yourself sort of drifting from project to project? I think I find with the picture book writing, I have a couple of ideas in the pipeline at any one go, and they might be in different stages of development. Yeah. So I have a couple of ideas in the early stages, and I have a couple of fully written drafts that are being considered by by publishers. Yeah, um, I also heard that you went for uh, you, you had your first sort of school visit online today. How, how did it go? It was really great. So I had my first um, event as part of the festival today, which was with the Japanese International School. It was a virtual visit and it was brilliant. She had such amazing questions from the children and just really, um, really wonderful to be able to offer virtual visits as well as in-person visits to keep the flexibility and, of course, these very challenging times. Absolutely. And it's so nice that I suppose children are so used to the Zoom format now that they are quite forthcoming. They're not sort of staring at the screen blankly. No, they're very forthcoming. I think they're better with the technology than we are. It's really amazing. So I think it's 
it opens it opens up the festival as well because they're able to bring in authors from all over the world virtually. I know those authors would be here face to face in normal times, but it's wonderful that the festival can go ahead and bring these brilliant authors in and with Bring Me a Book also to be partnering with all these fantastic Chinese-speaking authors. Yeah, Rachel, you're a, a, an author, you work with Bring Me a Book, and you're also a mum. So how do you, you know, what sort of advice and tips do you have for some sort of young parents listening who want to foster better reading habits with their children? Did you sit with, um, uh, you know, did you, did you do a lot of reading? Yes, I, so I've read with the children from from a very young age mine are now nine and eleven and we still read with them every day wow every day every day and they really enjoy reading and i think with very young children um it's really important to have that that reading aloud tradition every day it it helps children unwind it's it's better for sleep and as i said before it really does make brilliant connections in terms of um, language acquisition and um, visual literacy development as well. Yeah, that's so encouraging. Nine and 11. Okay, I hope to be able to achieve that even half the age. Mine are just sort of one and a half and four. So we still do that sort of bed, bath, book routine. Yes. So it still works when they're a bit older. It does. It does. They might be reading different books, but actually mine still also will read picture books as well. So they they read a huge variety of materials. I think that's also really important to have a, a range of materials available to them so that they can make choices about what they enjoy and they will always have these favourites they come back to. So it's, yeah. it's very special. Now, as an author, I'm sure you read and write a lot, but what are sort of your other hobbies when you're not writing books? Um, I think at the moment this is the perfect time of year in Hong Kong to be doing hiking. Yes. I'm sure lots of people say that, but this is... I love hiking and I live in Cleota Bay, so there's lots of hiking trails around there. And I think in the last year, obviously, most people have been... Not travelling. here so, in Hong Kong yes. and not been travelling, and we've really enjoyed... Um, getting on the water and taking out some kayaks or paddle boards, which is um, very popular where, in the area where we live. Yeah, that's amazing. Rachel, such a pleasure to, to see you again and also to interview you this afternoon. Remind our listeners once again, how can we find out more about you and your work? Are you on social media or have you got a website for your books? Yes, my website is rachelipp.com and from there you can find my social medias. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and you can find out more about my books on all three of those. Excellent. Well, Rachel, pleasure to meet you and thank you so much for talking about your books, The Forgottery and also The Last Garden. Rachel Ipp is one of the authors of this year's Young Readers Festival, which runs between now all the way through to the 30th of April. To find out more about the Young Readers Festival, you can go to their website, which is festival.org.hk and of course you can follow them on social media on facebook the handle is um i think the the international literary festival the hong kong international literary festival is where you can find them on facebook rachel pleasure to see you again thank Thank you you so so much much for having me